Welcome to 10 Bestest, where we sift through the noise so you don't have to. Each week, we share our 10 favorite things of the moment. Anything goes. Hello, friend. Welcome to 10 Bestest. I'm Brian Hart. I'm Karen McFarlane Holman. And here we go with another episode. Indeed. Are you ready? I am ready. I am ready too. You get to go first. I get to go first this time. Yeah. So I'm going to be talking about a wellness item, and this is the higher dose sauna blanket. So McNally might kill me on this one, but please hear me out, John, (laughs) out there. But uh, this is an infrared sauna blanket that increases the body's uh, thermal energy, enhances relaxation, and promotes glowing skin. So I have it with me, but it can barely fit on the YouTube frame. But this is what, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see what it looks like. It is this gigantic full body blanket. And it is, uh, it's got fake leather on the top. Um, and then it has this far infrared heating pad. It has crystal therapy, uh, it has charcoal and clay and magnetic layers. It, it is grounded in low ELF, which is extreme low frequency. And it, and it emits a very low EMF electromagnetic field. So that's when it gets into kind of the woo-woo stuff. But the fact that it is a sauna and you can do it at home is what I love. The process, I love their marketing here, is get dressed. So wear comfortable clothes um, and cover your skin. Socks are required. Then get laid. So lay the sauna blanket flat on a heat-resistant surface. They talk about using either a massage table or a yoga mat. That's what I use. Then get comfortable. So you need a barrier between yourself and the blanket so an extra layer not only your clothes but maybe a towel they have inserts of course that you can buy Uh, and then you get hot you preheat the sauna blanket for 10 minutes there's a dial so you can set it how hot it needs to be then you get lit (laughs) you slip into your sauna blanket and enjoy 30 to 45 minute session then you get cold you go take a nice shower clean your body cool your system and let the healing continue So the benefits of the sauna are very well documented. In fact, friend of the show, Kevin, who was on episode 150, talked about the benefits of sauna. I talked about Dr. Rhonda Patrick on episode 45, and she's been really a pioneer of why a sauna is good for you. But I don't have a gym membership. I don't have a sauna. And this was the best way for me to still get those effects and use the higher dose sauna blanket. I was just hearing... Kevin Rose talk about saunas. Oh yeah, I, and it takes like years off your life. Yeah, is what he says. Yeah, no, they have been, and that's why <laughs> this is where I might get a phone call from McNally. <laughs> <laughs> because, but no, the research, there's sound research from Dr. Rhonda Patrick, who mm-hmm. has done extensive studies and um, lab work and things like that about the effects of sauna. But yeah, Kevin Rose, uh, Tim Ferriss, tons of people are into this going to, into a sauna. And since, I, like I said, I don't have a gym membership, you know, these are relatively expensive. They're in the $500 range. Um, so that's at a price point. But if you don't have a gym membership, you're saving, you know, I'm saving 50, 60 bucks, whatever, 100 bucks a month, whatever gym memberships even go for these days. And I can do it anytime I want. Yeah. I can do it anytime. And and it does, it, it gives you a good sweat. Mm. You definitely, you know, there are a lot of claims, I think, that that go overboard on what saunas could do for you. You know, you don't have to exercise. You get all the benefits of exercising just laying there. I don't think that's true. (laughs) But it's definitely giving your body some kind of extreme um, temperature, hot and cold, are good for Mm. you because then it has to adapt. And once it has to adapt, it makes it a little bit stronger. So I do believe in some of that science. I love it. 
And yeah, it makes me feel good. I sweat it out. My little sweat burrito. In your little sweat burrito, your little yeah. cocoon. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I like about this idea is just that it forces you to lay down, relax, yes, and do nothing. Absolutely. That in itself. Yeah, powerful. that's good for you, right? Yes. That alone is yes. good for you. Yeah. So what I usually do is put in a little audiobook, put it in oh, for 45 minutes. Nice. So I'm getting a little bit of my reading mm. time and I'm getting to sweat it out in my little sweat burrito and yeah. it's good for everything. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. You're very welcome. My cool sheet is something that maybe Brian could use when he's in his sweat burrito listening to an audiobook on this. This is a book and it is called An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. This book follows a 20-something just out of design school woman named April, and late one night she comes across an unusual statue on the streets of New York City that she assumes is an art installation, which especially is intriguing to her because she's an artist herself. She calls up her design school buddy and they create this whimsical video about it and they post it to YouTube for fun. And what follows after this is this escapade, escapade that involves a worldwide mystery, sudden fame for April, fast moving connections with other people in circles that one week prior, April never would have imagined she'd be hanging out with. And the story is much larger than April herself. And it ends up being something that involves all of humanity. I hate spoilers, so that's actually all I'm going to say about the storyline. So I want to describe other aspects to it. This book uses fantastical elements as a backdrop to the story that we can all relate to, even if we haven't all necessarily experienced something like overnight becoming an overnight celebrity. The writing allows us to go along for the ride with April, along with all of her faults and experiences everything, and we share with her her choices and her mistakes. So. While there's a deeply human storyline through April that we follow, there are also wide-reaching elements that we also get to experience and ponder through April and her posse of people. The book is full of puzzles also that must be solved, which I love, and that makes it fun and adds to the mystery of it. Also, as a side note, this is Hank Green's first novel, and I highly recommend this if you haven't heard of it or and if you don't know much about Hank Green, we've mentioned him several times. He has never been a cool sheet himself, but he has come through with our cool sheets that talk about Vlogbrothers. His brother is um, John Green, and so I'm sure he got some help with this one. An absolutely remarkable thing. Yeah, I was like, oh, when are you going to talk about Hank Green? That this is Hank Green? Because I, as soon as I saw your book, because I, mm -hmm. I love books, and I went and saw it, and I'm like, oh, yes, I've been meaning to check this one out. Yeah. Because I read um, John Green's first, first I think it was Fault of Your, uh, Fault Fault of Your Stars. Stars. Mm -hmm. um, his first one, and I read that one, and he's had, I think, a bunch since then. Mm -hmm. And then this is Hank's first one. Yeah. So, yeah, I really want to read it. And now, now it has a recommendation from... Oh, yeah. It's a cool sheet. And it's definitely, it's, it's sci-fi-esque yeah. even, oh, and, cool. but very also personal. And, and I love that he wrote, like his brother does, he tried to write from the point of view of someone he is not. He's mm. not mm -hmm. female, he's not 20-something, uh, but he took the challenge on and I feel like he did a good job. Not that I'm 20-something either, but yeah. Um, but yeah, he did well. That's cool. Yeah, because especially when you know them and they have such a unique voice and personality yes. themselves, like you don't want to say, oh, this just sounds like Hank or John talking. Right, right. Which would also be lovely, but you know, not if it's not supposed to be. No, it would be 
weird. <laughs> yeah, it'd be super weird. So anyway, this is so cool. Yeah. And I can't wait to check that yes. out. Yes. And I purposely didn't right away say it was Hank Green because oh, okay. I wanted to just tell the story and everything yeah, else. Yeah, sure. And then the big reveal. The reveal. Yeah. It's actually Hank. And if you don't know who Hank Green is, you should check him out. Yeah, for sure. He's just great. Yeah. He's so great. And his brother, too. Yes, indeed. Um, All right. So if you want to check out our show notes, you can go to 10bestest.com slash heat. That's 10bestest.com slash heat. I'm going to be talking about a short film. This short film is Pass the Ball. It's by Nathan Bowie. Uh, The idea is a three-second animation of a ball. You pass it to someone in another country. They pick up where you left off. Uh, The result was 40 animators and 40 months in the making. So the result is this absolutely delightful two and a half animated short that will bring a smile to your face when you watch it and every time you think about it because that's what I've been doing ever since I saw it. Uh, It starts with this uh, stop motion red clay ball and it turns into different versions of the ball. Of course, as as those seconds, three seconds pass by and it gives it to another animator. Maybe they do paper uh, stop motion or maybe they just do all computer animated, Um, but the ball turns into various forms. Then it turns into a cherry, then an eye, then a planet, then a inside of a lava lamp, and so much more. I don't want to give it all away, but it is just such a cool journey that you go on to with this uh, with this short film. So why do I love this so much? Well, I love short films. I've talked about a lot of them on Cool Sheets. Um, I also love stop motion. So I talked about Kevin Perry on episode 182. He's a stop motion guy on that I found on Instagram, and actually I bought his course, and he starts with a red clay ball. So I don't know if there's a backstory that maybe he took that course or he saw it or something. I hope so. That would be just one of those wonderful things to tie together. But it also could be a coincidence. But I love seeing everyone's different style and interpretation and their creativity. And it fills me with joy and kind of sparks my own creativity. I love looking at things like this. Um, I also, it's it's this interactive art. I love interactive art of how he took this idea. He could have just made a ball and did different styles of animation and done it all himself. But using this element where he passes it off to different countries and different animators and how they blend these styles and it just gets so out there and that's what I love it so much. Definitely check out the short film Pass the Ball. This reminds me of that video. It was a cool sheet of mine where someone's mm. like punching someone else oh, yeah, and passes yeah. it on. The, uh, the, 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 the gals, it was like yes. uh, it was something. I can't uh, remember. Shoot. Yes, but I totally know what you're talking about. Was, yeah, yeah, girls punching each other. It was like a woman empowerment. That sounds really bad out of context. It was like this woman empowerment video. But it was like just passing on, yes. the, in this case, punching, but anyway, yeah. or kicking, um, on through a whole bunch of a string of people. Yeah. And done in really creative ways. Right. So... And yeah. all in fun. Yes. Anyway, this sounds awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's just, I don't even remember how I just happened to run across it. Probably like Swiss Miss or one of those newsletters oh, yeah. that I get. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times those pass right by me. But I was like, yeah, I'm just going to give this one a click. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just wonderful. I love everything about yes. it. Yes, yes. Oh, it was so, so I'm and so how glad. long is it? It's just two and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, I have two and a half minutes. Yeah, everybody's got two and a half. <laughs> It just make you smile? Who would want Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just fun. It's so much fun. I love it. Thank you. You're very welcome. I look forward to it. Yeah. My cool sheet has to do with personal safety. And this is called Signal for Help. 
There is ample evidence that disaster situations can lead to a surge in gender-based violence. Home isolation due to the pandemic, therefore, can be a part of an increase in danger and risk for people in abusive relationships. So the signal for help. This is a simple one-handed sign someone can use on a video call, and it can help a person silently show that they need help to the other person and that they want that person to check in with them or get help for them in a safe way. It doesn't have to be a video call though, because I wanna tell you about a great example of a teen, this happened in fall 2021, who was in a car against her will, and she showed the signal to another driver on the road, and because there had been a TikTok video that went viral showing the signal for help and what it meant, the other driver recognized it and knew what it meant when she saw it, and she called the authorities, and the girl was rescued and is now safe. The Signal for Help was launched by the Canadian Women's Foundation in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, recognizing that many people who were already emotionally trapped at home then became physically trapped due to the public health restrictions. If you see someone use a signal for help, check in with that person if you can, uh, but make sure that you do that in a way because maybe that person that is abusing them is nearby and so you need to do that very carefully. So what I wanna do is show on YouTube what it is and that is your, and I'll explain it to you to the podcasters, is that you, if you are giving the signal to help, you are showing your palm, your hand face up, fingers pointing upwards, the palm facing the person, and you close in the thumb, and then you close the four fingers over the thumb. So think of it as if you are the thumb and then you are being repressed or oppressed by someone else, that's the signal, and that tells someone to reach out, to get in touch with you, to call 911 or whatever else that needs to happen. Signal for health. Wow, this is maybe one of the best cool sheets we've had because it's so important and so yes, powerful. And, yes. And such a good idea. Um, I've heard, th- I think I heard about that TikTok story, mm. which is great because, you know, we always hear about kind of what social media and especially TikTok, like the bad things that happen. Right. And yeah. I don't disagree with a lot of those, yeah. um, but it's really cool when something good happens. This, like, it. I just get chills. Like, yeah. it's like that, that, that went viral and then that allowed other people to start recognizing yeah. what it was. I mean, it say it could have saved her mm-hmm. life that person's life or you know at least like got him away from danger yes. you know even if it wasn't life-threatening there was definitely they needed help and they got it yeah and that's that right there like if it was that one person only yeah so worth it yes but it's not it's helping tons mm-hmm. of people i bet so cool it's interesting too because i've i've heard other things something about it was uh, someone called 911 um, and they're like, I want, and the person's like, you know, 911, what's your emergency? And they're like, I want to order a pizza. Uh-huh. And immediately the dispatcher knew. Yes. Right away. Yes. And they're like, what's your address? And, you know, yes. and they gave the address and they're like, yeah, cheese and pepperoni. Yes. And they're like, are you in danger? Yes. Yeah, oh, and it was like amazing. So that's another amazing story. And I'm actually, I'm just about finished with the book on Rosewater. 
um, where it's a, a, I believe he's an Iranian journalist and trapped in an Iranian prison. Mm -hmm. And when he calls his mom, his mom has a lot of, she lives in Iran and she has a lot of dealings with that. Her husband um, was also in prison before. And so she, they would say secret words to each other mm -hmm. because they were always listening in mm -hmm. and would beat them you know, if they'd say the wrong thing. Yeah. And so she could give him like one word of clues of like, hey, your wife's fine, this and that. Like, it was so cool. So the fact that this is more of like well-known for yes. everybody is so great. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, it's so uh, cool. Willamette University has a word, Starbucks. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's cool. So if you, there's different ways, like if campus safety calls you or something and you go, oh, Starbucks, and it sounds really normal, but then they're like, mm, okay, and Dang. you know, where are you? And same yeah. kind of thing like the pizza. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I'm glad that we're getting things like this in place yeah. to help more people because yeah, it's that's super scary. Uh, well, if you want to check out the show notes, definitely go to tempestus.com slash heat and you can get links to all that. Refresh on what that uh, signal for help looks like and uh, all those good things. All right. My cool sheet is going to be a company and this company is Thorn. So just a quick disclaimer. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be one on the podcast or anyone else. Definitely see a professional before you take this advice. But I have, there have been many cool sheets. Well, both of us have talked about wellness and other things and I have kind of been on this ongoing mission to increase my health span. So that's not just living longer, but being healthier longer, feeling good longer. So it's not just about living until I'm 150. Uh, although that is a mission for a lot of other people. I just want to be healthy as long as possible. And I've put a lot of work into sifting through the noise uh, to determine what supplements are garbage and which ones actually work. I talked about in episode 198, I talked about examine.com. Uh, and then I talked about what companies though are good and bad and how that's confusing. Because So first you have to find like, does creatine, is it good for you? But then what companies make good creatine or is it filled with sugar and other fillers and garbage? So I talked about in episode 201, I talked about consumer labs. And I talked about in pro tips in episode 200 that picking the right supplement brands, a lot of the times they're good for one supplement, but maybe they're not the best for a different supplement. Um, but Thorn is kind of one of the outliers. Uh, it's one of the rare companies where you can feel pretty safe no matter what you get out there. And that's because they have rigorous, comprehensive testing. They source high quality ingredients. They create, um, they have a clean manufacturing process and uh, they are very transparent, transparent and what goes into their process, their ingredients list, how they test for safety, safety and efficiency. Um, they have sustainable practices. They provide tests um, so you can do like the gut test, the biological age, sleep, stress, and weight management. We've talked about a few different those so they have their own as well so then you know what supplements you need so you don't just start taking vitamin c when you don't need it or whatever you've heard the latest craze is the cons is a little bit spendier but if they're spending all this money on research i'm okay with that um, and a little bit um, difficult on international sales uh, real quick i want to talk about amount of time and i, I got to talk about how they've worked with research organizations like ohsu um, here in oregon uh, columbia university duke emory uh, Hypertension Institute, John Hopkins, uh, Mayo Clinic, so many more. So the fact that they have these partnerships and research and also collaboration just, again, puts makes it much more legitimate for me. So definitely check out Thorn. Yeah, that's really important that they include the 
the research and the and that it does cost a little bit more, but at least you know you're getting the real thing because yeah. there are totally supplements that maybe what you really want is in there, but it might not be the highest quality or is the correct form or the most absorbable. Yeah, is another exactly. Thing. Yeah, and all these things. Yeah, they they spend a ton of money, and yeah, there's a lot of supplements that are expensive, and they just have most of their budget goes to advertising, and mm -hmm. so you keep hearing about them. Yeah, because they're having this big giant ad right. campaign and time and time again you know same thing dr ronda patrick uh tim ferris uh i don't know if kevin rose has talked about it but other wellness people um huberman uh you know people that i've talked about on the podcast they always say thorn as one oh, of their top ones so it'll be another one of those frequency illusions where now you'll probably hear their name probably. more so now i only i try to actually take as few supplements as i can mm. i try to get my source from food and real food and things like that but and this is a formal cool sheet of yours creatine mm -hmm. um so i take thorn creatine and yeah the the i actually like the minimal design and they have had a redesign so maybe they now they've gotten a little more popular they have a little bit but i like that minimal look um but yeah when you open it it's just pure you know on youtube you'll be able to see it but it's just white creatine i mean creatine is not fancy and that's all it is and that's all i want it to be i don't want sugar added i don't want to you know if i want to put it in a sugary drink i'll do that i don't yeah, i yeah. like mine super plain and simple just like this but i know every time that i get this that i'm going to be getting mm -hmm. a good product so yeah, the other bonus one I do want to talk about is Swanson um, is another one that seems to have, you know, when I talked about all those labels that are like certified and yeah. organic and things like that, Swanson is also almost always top notch. Um, so you can feel pretty comfortable about both of those. But I would say, again, I'm not a doctor. Definitely check it mm -hmm. out before you just start taking things. Um, and just do your own research on each mm -hmm. one. I still go to consumer labs and other places and see that they're still there because yeah. every once in a while, you know, when companies make 50 different supplements, it's hard to say that they're going to be good at every single mm. one. Hopefully they are, but you can't trust everybody. So these are the ones that I trust. Those two I have pretty confident about. So, Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Now I know where to go. Yeah. My cool sheet is a technology and it is light emitting plants, light emitting plants. Plants usually absorb light. No, not these. So there is research going on at MIT that is investigating how to use living plants for visible light emission as a way to create a source of sustainable illumination. This is a compelling idea because plants possess independent energy generation and storage mechanisms, negative carbon footprints, and they are able to self-repair. The researchers call this the light emitting plant project and their concept uses a collection of nanoparticles that are injected into the plant. The nanoparticles diffuse into specific cells and then transform the plant's stored chemical energy into light emission. The project examines all aspects of this overall task. Some of the team studies the chemical synthesis and the coating of the nanoparticles. Others look into the biocompatibility within the plant to make sure that the plant stays healthy, while another part of the team investigates nanoparticle transport and the localization within the plant. Of note, 
The plant is not genetically altered in any way in this technology. So it is not a GMO product. That is, if the plant created seeds, the offspring plants would be identical to the original parent plant before the nanoparticle injection took place. This method does not result in a spread of a weird mutant plant. So I don't want you to worry about that. The current version of the light emitting plant utilizes the protein in fireflies that causes them to glow called luciferase. Very exciting goal to transform a living plant or tree into a light source capable of turning its own stored chemical energy into visible light for human use. This would become yet another reason why plants are superior to humans in my opinion, light emitting plants. Yes. I agree because I love plants so much. Yes. Um, yeah, I still don't think we have any on our shot ever on the YouTube, but which is bizarre. We're all because like hiding. We have like fifty five zero plants in this house. I think I don't know. Yeah, I have, have over thirty. You have okay. I'm you have in a lot. like the thirty five ish, thirty seven ish yeah. range. Yeah, and this is not like a huge. Place no, it's like a six hundred foot square yeah. apartment or something like yeah. that. So yeah, relatively small, but I have plants everywhere. Just nowhere that you could see. It's like, yeah, right, you do. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if they were all lit up, look, we wouldn't have to buy lighting know, anymore. We could just, just have them all plants. lit. We wouldn't have to have that expensive backlight that I bought. Yes, yes. <laughs> Works half the time. No. Uh, um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, as a plant dad, I love this so much. I really want to learn more about this. I cannot wait to so check out. So exciting. So now, I'm sorry. I was kind of like just my mind exploded, and I started, like, <laughs> fantasizing about all these plants. I, is it a certain kind of plant? only no so you could inject these nanoparticles into any plant any plant mm -hmm. and then and then i and then i kind of tuned back in when you said but that doesn't make it like a franken plant right or a frank, no. you know or a gmo or anything like that yeah oh my gosh so it's even better so i can take the plants that i have and make them all yeah. oh gosh so i, I, I would <laughs> say i was trying to think when is this going to be in the market <laughs> yeah right uh i was trying to think of an analogy and i'm thinking like a tattoo maybe you know where you oh, yeah. you're altering your skin and you're putting a pattern on on there okay um but it's not like you are now not genetically altered and you're not gonna like your babies won't have tattoos um and it's not it's not hurting the plant i mean that's yeah. one of their goals is they're not trying to hurt plants or make anything weird happen you yeah, know or change cool. biomes or anything like that good um and i just yeah i just think it's a great idea yeah so, so cool Plants are amazing. Thank you, plants. We love your plants. You All right. Well, definitely <laughs> check out that article on, and more information on that on mm -hmm. tenbestis.com slash heat. That's 10bestis.com slash heat. And I will definitely be checking that out. Yeah. My cool sheet is a human, and this is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so usually I talk about humans that kind of fly under the radar or lead humanitarian efforts or have these big giant causes that I believe in. I usually stay away from celebrities because uh, I, like to, I just like to give attention to people that don't get it quite as often. But Jeff Goldblum is one of these rare exceptions where I just had to talk about him and how he's actually kind of made my life better in a real tangible way. So if there's some reason that you don't know who Jeff Goldblum is, he was born on October 22nd, 1952. He is an American actor and musician. He's actually a really good musician. I don't even have time to go into there. 
But yeah, his first acting role was in the 1974 Charles Bronson hit Death Wish, where he played Freak Number One. <laughs> he gained huge popularity when he in '86 when he starred in The Fly, and then he later went on to uh, star in some of the highest-grossing films of all time, including Jurassic Park and Independence Day, and most of those sequels, which there are a lot of. Um, but you know what I really love about him, what I want to talk about is his personality and his style. So he might not be as conventionally attractive as someone say like Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio, but his confidence and he has this quirky swagger that rakes him right up there in many people's eyes, including myself. Uh, and quirky though is an understatement. He sometimes rambles and he makes these unique hand gestures that I can't even mimic myself. Um, he has unique phrases and kind of funny reactions when he's listening to someone speak, but they're super genuine and real to his personality and you can actually you can tell that he's a really good listener because of his facial expressions and he's always like on the edge of every word that someone is saying um, he's gone through kind of a renaissance lately and become one of uh, the most beloved celebrities and for good reason you can just go to YouTube and put in Jeff Goldblum and you will see so many videos he watches videos of other people doing impersonations of him and he ranks people with Jeff Goldblum tattoos uh, he's super engages and flirty to to anybody and everybody, people of both sexes, every sex, um, and, but it's never in a creepy way. It's always just super fun. He's, I've always heard he's super faithful to his wife and never creepy, and that's super refreshing in Hollywood as well. He's so comfortable in his own skin, he doesn't take himself seriously, and that has made me embrace my own quirks and uh, traits and just be a better person. Check out Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Oh, totally. I am super Jeff Goldblum fangirl. Oh, he's yeah. Just, he's... I don't know. And that's one of the other qualities about him. I don't know anybody that doesn't like this guy. No, no. Nobody, nobody like, hates like him. He Everyone is loves him. so great. Yeah. And every time he talks, I just start smiling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because he is so unique. He's not this suave Hollywood hunk that tries to be cool. No. But he is cool. Yeah. He's super cool. Well, and he's quirky. And But somehow, I don't know how he does this, he's quirky in a different way in each role yeah like he's quirky he has he pulls out some unique quirkiness yes that so it's not the same quirky kind of yeah thing he's not time. like just jeff goldblum playing himself yeah. in a yeah. movie yeah it's so cool yeah and 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 even more so like i'm i'm talking about from the things i've seen now this could still be his on-camera persona you know mm. but there's all the interviews that i've been watching because he has been this renaissance where he's in all these movies and and he's and so and and and, be, and people are starting to like him so much so that they're doing these things where he sees people doing i love that of him. i want to watch yeah. that and That'd he 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 loves it. He never has a bad thing to say about anybody, uh -huh. which is just such a unique trait these mm. days. Uh, but he's always just like, oh, yeah, I totally see how I, I do that sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, because it's very hard to look at yourself and look at the things that you do and the little quirks that you might have. Sometimes, yeah. like, I know for me, that bothers me and it, like, makes me feel <laughs> self-conscious. And I'm like, Ugh. but no, he embraces it. And I love it. You can learn so much from him. That's so great. Yeah, Thanks for bringing him up. I mean, yeah. I, when I see him, I'm like, oh, I love him. But yeah. I don't, like, think about him. Yeah, and I'm going to have a lot of links on our show notes oh, good. where you can check out these video, various videos, some of my favorites. For Excellent. Sure. Thank you. You're welcome. My cool sheet is an article that is called That Gummy Jungle. 
What a weird name, because really, this article is all about friendship. I've never heard that term before, uh, but they made it up. And um, But I really want to talk about this article, because with this very unobvious title, it is an in-depth essay about friendships, their complexities, their simplicities, from many different vantage points over the centuries, literally the centuries, and from different artists and writers, all tied together in this beautifully written essay. The writers included here address ways in which friendship can bring out our most and least admirable qualities. They keep it real. These writers consider the range of friendships from the most inspiring and enduring to the most fragile or even poisonous ones. The quotes featured in the article go way back in history to Aristotle, who, for example, tells us much of what we need to know about friendships, its requirements, and its rewards. He says that perfect friendship is between people who are good and alike in virtue, and they wish each other well, and they are good in themselves. Each person gets what they give, which is all good. This is what ought to happen between friends. The reminders in this article that our ability to speak openly to a friend functions as a kind of safety valve. A friend's understanding and wisdom when shared with compassion can make all the difference. A friend can tell us what we need to hear, truths that might not have occurred to us on our own. There's also comparisons to friendships and other kinds of relationships, such as romantic partnerships. In 1750, Eliza Haywood finishes or finds friendships to be purer and less troublesome than love. She says its sole aim being to make the happiness of others. No jealous pangs, no anxious cares disturb the tranquility of its ideas. So much beauty in this article. I absolutely loved it. That gummy jungle. I do love that name too, that gummy jungle. I know. <laughs> it's so and great. There, yeah, so buried in the article, it does mention it, and it's just oh, okay. like it's like this stickiness and complexities, like talking yeah. about that. It's a great so. way to describe it, but and it's something that sticks in your mind also mm -hmm, to remember exactly. it. Um, and this is so interesting because I was like this close to um, also featuring an article about friendship that's different than this, but a lot of the same themes. Today? Today. Oh, weird. And I just took it out for, I actually, <laughs> to be quite honest, it's a long article. It's uh, like a 25 minute read. Oh, and, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm finishing these today and I don't have time to read 20 minutes and then take, yeah. you know, and then take notes. That's another probably hour on that one. Right. So I have it shelved. I'm, I'll send it to you early yeah, because it, cool. I think you'll like it with this one, especially, but mm. a lot of this, like I said, a lot of that same themes, a lot of like it, it's basic premise was what if we considered friendships, the framework of our relationships instead of love. Mm -hmm. So kind of that same idea and, and how some people do and how that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's still not culturally accepted by everybody. Uh, I know for me as a single person, I've definitely faced that mm -hmm. in the eyes of family and friends that, you know, didn't quite get it at first or whatever. Um, yeah. So I love it. Of course, cool. I definitely love this article. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. And then when I read the other one, compare them and, for and sure. see. And wonder if they pulled from the, some of the same information would be interesting. Yeah, that would be curious. Yeah. Um, and I will say this one's much shorter. I think I read it in, I'm going to guess, seven minutes. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. I can, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Because, yeah, friendships is one of those things. It, it's kind of getting more light. Like, friendships are becoming more 
um, you know, important in your overall happiness mm. and oh, yeah. mental well-being. I think that kind of stems from things we've talked about before, like people are getting married at a later age. Mm -hmm. So the friendships are usually the foundation instead of just finding your life partner and right. then that's it. It's like, no, you have friends too and how that works in the, yeah. in the realm of relationships as well. Because sometimes that can get messy and weird and yeah. For sure. But I'm really glad we're talking about friends more. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Don't forget, you can check out that article and everything else on our show notes at tenbestest.com slash heat. I'm going to be talking about an article as well. Um, and this article is called, We All Make Snap First Impressions About Each Other. Here's how to slow that down. And this uh, post is part of uh, the TED's How to Be a Better Human series. So this is on TED's um, idea blog, I believe is what they call it. But it's about, I, I already want to dive into this How to Be a Better Human series. This is the first one I saw. The article is a summary of youth empowerment activist Quita uh, Christensen's talk, The Five Second Rule, Redefining the First Impression. And that was out of TEDx uh, Portsmouth. Now, she asked the question, uh, what, when was the last time you came to a quick conclusion about someone only to find out that you were really wrong? I think the answer is that we've all done that. We've all made mistakes like this. Um, we are hardwired into our lizard, lizard brain to quickly know when we see someone to categorize them and know if, it's safe, if we are safe or there's immediate danger. Um, but thankfully, this isn't the case anymore. We're not usually in a dark alley where our life's in danger. Now, this can certainly happen, but on average, when we see someone walking down the street, we're not in immediate danger, but we do. Our brain cannot switch off. It will immediately put that category into, you know, put someone in a category and you make judgments on that person. So she says that we want to act on these snap judgments because it's uncomfortable for everyone. When you mess up, hopefully you learn from your mistake when you, um, especially if you verbalize it, you know, and we've all done that as well. I know I have a really bad one that still lingers to me to this day back in high school. If you're on the receiving end, it's even worse. It sticks with you a long, for a long time and it can cause you to put up your guard, maybe live less authentically. Um, she talks about the, uh, the STOP program, which stands for See the Other Person. I love that so much. She goes down all these step-by-steps on what you can do and just go, um, go from judging to using our judgment is one of the key takeaways as well. And how today many of us approach the others and act in this um, act first, apologize later manner, uh, manner. The world doesn't need more apologies. It needs more respect. So powerful. Definitely check out this article and the talk. We uh, all make snap first impressions about each other. Here's how to slow down. I love that. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I did it. That happens once in a while. Just, just once in a while. Not often, yeah. But yeah you... No, this is so important. And I can, as you were talking, I was thinking of examples when I've met a group of people mm -hmm. and I, you do it, you can't help it. Yeah. And yet you are so wrong so often. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's another one of the, and this is, um, you know, she has a very specific example that she's talking about and she's talking about physical appearance a lot of the time. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's everything else too. Mm -hmm. It's, um, 
category of political beliefs, and then that automatically puts them, and you put them in a big box. You know, mm -hmm. oh, this person's a conservative, so that means they're this, this, and this, and this. Or this person's a liberal, they're a snowflake, and they're this, and this, and this, and this, yeah, and this. Right. And there's so many times, and I think it's also um, amplified because of social media, and a lot of times now in COVID, we're not seeing people as much. We just hear them or see what they say online versus actually getting to know the person behind mm -hmm. this ideas or just getting to know the person first which yeah. is what you should be doing and then you hear the and then you can have a better discussion if you right. d disagree things like that it's just it's such a good talk and and article it's so good i'm reading it for sure yeah, thank you it's so good Michael Sheet is an article about psychology and specifically emotion categorizations. In episode 128, I talked about the wheel of emotions, which is a really cool infographic and gives you another way to look at emotions. This article, even with its really boring name called list of emotions <laughs> is way beyond just a list. So I wanted to highlight all the things that it contains. It goes into all the different theories about how emotions can be categorized. And it gave me some different viewpoints on emotions that I had never thought about. There are a few theories of emotions that help us organize different emotions and help us understand how they relate to one another. The most well-known of these theories is the one that's used in the movie Inside Out, where there are five basic emotions, enjoyment, sadness, fear, anger, and disgust, and these are seen as separate, discrete things. Meanwhile, others have argued that emotions are not discrete things. They don't have specific locations in the brain and they almost always co-occur with each other and there are many blends of emotions. Reasons like these led psychologists to develop the emotion circumplex model. This model suggests that emotions can be mapped in a circle. There are two axes. One axis is from high to low energy, and the other axis is from high to low pleasure. Another study suggested that mapping emotions on how controllable they are and how useful they are is also necessary to navigate the complexities of emotions. This article also includes more detail on the wheel of emotions that I talked about in episode 128 and even more theories. There are thousands of listed emotions and these will help us navigate them all more effectively and knowing about them helps us understand ourselves better. Check out this article to learn more about theories and categorizations of emotions. Ah, uh, this is so cool. I would just say, scientists out there, if you're listening, name your things a little bit better so it's a little Ooh. more catchy. <laughs> <laughs> They're like so data driven and so like type A. It's like you gotta work on your marketing just right, a tad. Right, right. <laughs> but I also kind of love them for that. Yeah. No, seriously, <laughs> like something. Yeah, like a catchphrase or something that's descriptive yeah. or yeah. whatever. Like the gummy, yeah. the sticky yes, gummy right. friendship. Although I butcher it, but that's just because I can never remember anything. But you use something like that to, to hopefully stick in your brain right. and, then, and then get your data in mm -hmm. there. But and no, it, this is so cool. Yeah. I love this. And it, it kind of makes sense, you know, that all our emotions are tied Very within much so. each other. Uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And if anything, just looking at to read, so this article only lists 127 or something <laughs> emotions, and, but there are, I have heard, there are 
38,000 oh different emotions. Gosh. And that's just too much. Like yeah. that's, yeah. I don't even know. Um, but this, going down this list, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know, for me, it just helped me understand like, okay, if I'm angry, am I really just angry or is it frustrated or is it, yeah. and, and they have words that I just don't even think to use. Mm. And I think it's really helpful. That is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that kind of uh, ties in a little bit with the last cool sheet that I had. And this mm -hmm. is why our brain categorizes things because if there's 38,000 emotions yes. that you're trying to process, your brain can't do that in a timely fashion. It just needs to put put someone in a box really quickly to identify mm. right away and then boom okay now I can deal with it from there yeah and that's you know how our brain has to function but that can be dangerous as well in itself so that's why you need to stop and realize and take a step back and yeah. do all that so yeah, yeah exactly very cool thank you so much for sharing that you're welcome and thank you everybody to our listeners um, thanks for tuning in don't forget to check out our show notes at tempestus.com slash heat and share it with a friend. Please share it with a friend. And give us a rating. Do all those fun things yeah. for us. It really helps us out. And don't forget to stay curious. Want to learn more about this week's cool sheets? Head on over to 10bestus. That's 10bestus.com for links to all of our cool sheets. And sign up for our monthly newsletter with bonus cool sheets and other fun stuff. 10 Bestest will be back with an all-new episode next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. <laughs>